yards shy of the record. Williams breaks the hole. Williams, hello, record book. Ricky Williams runs to the Hall of Fame. Touchback. Ricky Williams, touchdown. Young from the shotgun. Back to throw. Vince looks under pressure. He'll tuck it in run. Vince to the five. Young. Touchdown, Texas. Touchdown, Vince Young. He's done it again. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Longhorn Country Podcast. I am your host, Adam Glick, joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Michael Gresser. Mike, how are things going today? I know you're moving into a new place. Very exciting time. How's everything? I'm great, Adam. Yeah, I just moved into my new apartment, first apartment out of college. Um, this is my first night. Uh, just set up Wi-Fi uh, no less than two hours ago. So glad I was able to get that ready for this podcast. Uh, fortunately, we're no longer going to be able to sit next to each other when we do this Long Run Country podcast. And I'm sad about that, sad about that but I hope this, uh, hope this works uh, over the computer. Yeah. And listen, I still get to see you here on my Zoom computer. Mm -hmm. That is decent enough for me. It's not the best, but here we are. We'll make it work. We're moving on in our lives, Mike, but we got to talk about some Texas football on today's show. Before we get into that, Mike, I was just listening to our intro that we have for every podcast. Guys, I think it's incredible. Mike, what do you think of our amazing intro? Oh, the intro hypes me up. I mean, you know, it's like some of the same audio that uh, UT uses whenever you call their ticket office and they put you on hold they play those hype uh, mm-hmm. audio clips from i think it's they're all they're all um uh craig way uh in, intro or um audios and so yeah that really that really hypes me up uh, it, it gets me excited for college football you know it's right around the corner camp starting around the nation texas camp will get going in a few days now so it's it's, it's here it's almost here and i'm ready for it yeah and i am ready with you mike the Texas football fall camp starting in six days. When you're listening to this, it's probably going to be five days. August 3rd is the official date of fall camp for the Texas Longhorns. On today's show, everyone, we're going to be talking about the Texas Longhorns fall camp and specifically focusing on the offensive side of things. And then next week, we're going to transition, talk about the defensive side of things. We're about four weeks away from week zero and then five weeks away from the regular kickoff of week one as well as the texas season opener against a cover machine if you like to bet in louisiana monroe but we'll discuss more as we get closer to that week one matchup but mike before we kind of dive in here to the positions on the football field the texas longhorns you know that we got to talk about they have another commitment what's Mm -hmm. new so give give me a little insight about this commitment and what it does for the texas longhorns yeah well uh, the latest commitment uh probably the biggest surprise of the class thus far is peyton kirkland uh big offensive lineman out of Orlando, Florida. Um, and this recruitment is a weird one, one of the weirdest ones that I've ever uh, followed in my time uh, following college football. Um, he never visited UT, um, and it, he left UT out of his uh, final five schools uh, leading up to the day of his visit. Um, so he was really on nobody's radar, not Texas's, not the schools that he was, the other five schools he was deciding between. Um, And this kind of really all started going down a few days before his commitment date when we started kind of hearing that maybe UT is actually in this thing, despite being in his final five schools. And uh, nonetheless, he committed to Texas uh, this past Saturday. And um, 
it, it really just bogs down to, despite him never visiting, uh, Kyle Flood, the Texas offensive line coach, has held a relationship with Kirkland dating back to his days at Alabama. Um, and um, Kyle Flood was there when Kirkland was kind of in a place of confusion that he, he talked about. He didn't he didn't know where he wanted to go and just did not think the five schools that he had uh, uh, finalized were, were the were the ones. And uh, he gave Flood a, a call a few days before his commitment date, and um, he was he asked him if he if he could uh, join the class. And uh, Flood, of course, was was willing to let him in. He's a, a, a big tackle, Arch's future left tackle, possibly. So a huge get for, for Kyle Flood and Sark. And um, they're probably done at offensive line recruiting now. He's their, he's their fifth offensive line commit. Um, another big human, as we know, Kyle Flood and Sark love. Um, so, yeah, uh, big surprise. Big, biggest surprise to me is I've followed Texas recruiting, to be honest. Um, but it's just another sign of uh, the continuation of Arch Madness and this, the, the crazy turns it has. Yeah, and speaking of Arch Mattis, I mean, Kyle Flood has done an exceptional job of getting big, as you talked about, big offensive linemen and kind of revamping this Texas line of scrimmage, as we're going to get into in today's show. You know, that's where they have struggled in years past, and they are finally addressing that, as you just talked about, five guys they have now on the future 2023 class. So building that line of scrimmage for one day, Arch Manning to be the quarterback at the University of Texas. So they are building something. And if you're going to be successful and you're going to have a good career, especially as a quarterback, but also as a program, you need guys that can block for you. So very positive note if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. Big commitment, Mike. I feel like as we've talked about on other shows, every week is just some other guy committing to the University of Texas. That's a top-tier talent. So credit to the Texas Longhorn staff. And, you know, who knows what recruitment and what uh, recruit that we're going to get next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, on this next podcast, we could be talking about another guy. Who knows? It seems like every week Arch Manish just rolls on the, uh, I mean. Yeah, and the. I was going to yeah. say the great thing about Arch Madness is it's it feels like it's all the time. Like I'm yes. a big college basketball fan and March yeah. Madness, I only get March. So I give know. me Arch Madness all the time, every Arch, month. Arch Madness runs all year. It's not going to yeah. stop until he gets on campus. Exactly. 365 <laughs> days a year. Sign me up. Okay. Before we get off track, because we could talk about Arch Madness forever, let's kind of break down the Texas football team for this year in 2022 as fall camp begins in less than a week let's start off with the most intriguing position just because of the sport and how it goes i mean and there's not a ton of question marks but we're going to address it the quarterback battle mike it is between hudson card and quinn Ewers. and let's kind of give me your perspective on where things are at and who do you think is going to start? I mean, obviously, it's probably in the favor of Quinn Ewers, but give me your thoughts about Hudson Carr and what are his chances going forward. And if he doesn't get it, well, you know, where is his role on this team? Yeah, well, I think uh, I don't think anybody can count out Hudson Carr just yet in this quarterback mm-hmm. battle because, I mean, he is the more experienced quarterback. If if uh, Sark believes Hudson Carr gives him the best chance to win the most games this fall, he's going to choose Hudson Carr to be his quarterback. Um, Quinn Ewers hasn't played uh, significant football in over two years since his uh, junior year of high school. Um, so he, he's going to be inexperienced. He's a true freshman. Um, yeah, he's got a super high ceiling, one of the most talented quarterbacks in a, a long, long time at Texas. But 
you know, he's, he hasn't played, he hasn't played football in a while and he's new in Sark system. Hudson's been in Sark systems for two years now. Um, and uh, we kind of saw that in spring camp. Um, Hudson uh, made less mistakes than Quinn did for sure. Um, and we, we kind of expect that if Quinn does win the job, that he's going to make some mistakes um, given that he hasn't played football in a while and he's new to the system. Um, but the, the, why I would give Quinn the lean uh, in the quarterback battle right now is because we know Sark wants to stretch the field mm-hmm. um, with these uh, elite group of receivers that he has. And uh, Quinn definitely gives him the best chance to do that, to really be the quarterback that can just progress his offense. Um, Quinn is kind of like the perfect quarterback for Sarkeesian's offense. Um, and I think you will start to see why that is uh, later on in the season and definitely next season. Uh, it could take some growing pains early on. I think it absolutely will. Um, but I think uh, given the fact of just how Sark wants to run his offense, I think Quinn, I think that's the reason why he brought in Quinn in the first place. Um, I don't, he didn't bring in Quinn for nothing, obviously. And uh, for that reason, I think Quinn's going to win this job because he gives Sark not only probably the best chance to win games in the fall, but also just kind of, progress the offense into what Sark wants it to eventually be. Yeah. And you saw that when he was at Alabama and you Mm -hmm. need the players that best fit his system in this offense for Texas. And I agree with you on your point of, I think Quinn Ewers fits that perspective and that outlook for Texas better than Hudson Carr does, even though he, as you talked about, has some more experience, not as mistake prone, but in the end, I think Quinn Ewers is going to end up getting the position. But another key aspect that you briefly mentioned was even if he does struggle, Quinn Ewers, and goes through the growing pains, Sark has to make sure that he is 100% and keeping Quinn in that position because we saw last year, if you go back and forth between quarterbacks, it usually doesn't work out successfully yeah. for Texas. So whatever decision he's going to make, he needs to make it firm, and they have to go through whatever growing pains they go through during the season. Wouldn't you agree on that point? Yeah, no question. And, yeah, and I think one of the biggest reasons, like, why that was last year that Stark kept going back and forth is he really did not know who should be the starter until, like, days before the Louisiana game. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was conflicted, as were the fans. The fans didn't know what was going on. And um, you kind of saw that progress throughout the season. Like one week, one quarterback was better than the other. And that just, it just makes for a bad situation throughout the season. The offense can't form itself around one quarterback. And um, it's, it's just bad in all, in all aspects. But as Sark mentioned in a media days the other day, uh, he, he's uh, probably going to announce a starting quarterback pretty quickly into fall camp. So he's probably going to know who the rather later. And and that's good. I mean, that, that that means Sark like knows who he wants to be the guy. He's not going to be conflicted uh, leading up to week one. And he's probably not going to be conflicted uh, in the weeks thereafter as well. Yeah. And I, I think he'll have a decision in the next few shows that we do. Yeah, he probably I, will. I think a couple of weeks, honestly, I think sooner rather than later into camp, he will announce the starting quarterback for Texas. Yeah. yeah and on that note, Mike, let's kind of transition into the running backs. The Texas Longhorns, without a lot of questions and complaints, 
probably have one of the best running back groups in the entire country. Bijan Robinson, obviously the preseason All-American, you know, Heisman candidate. And then you also have a guy named Roshan Johnson who would start on probably 70, 75 teams in college football. I don't know the exact number, but a lot of college football D1 programs he would start. And then you have, you know, a third guy in possibly Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks. Who I mean, the depth and the ability to make big plays in the running game is going to be incredible. Obviously, you have Bijan Robinson, I mean, the, the biggest weapon of them all, and he should have another fantastic season. But you have room and you have kind of leeway that if things are not you know going well or he gets hurt or something you have a guy in Roshan Johnson that can take the reins and be successful in that position so kind of just Mike with your thoughts run me through what Texas has in the running back category. yeah there's not, there's not too much to say about the running back room I mean it is far yeah. and above the strength of this uh, Texas team and uh, in my opinion it is it is the best running back room in the country just the sheer depth at the position I mean you got you got two guys and and Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson that um, are two all Big 12 caliber running backs. And um, you got guys behind them that are, are have an enormous potential too, but there's just not that many snaps to go around. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to be reading too much into what Roshan and Bijan do in fall camp because mm-hmm. um, you know what you can get out of them. I'm just going to be more looking at who is kind of emerging as that third option. Uh, whether it's uh, Keelan Robinson, the Alabama transfer, um, Jonathan Brooks, who was who showed a ton of potential in his true freshman season last year, and then the true freshman this year is Jaden Blue, who is a highly touted running back coming out of high school, and uh, he 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 did good things in uh, spring camp as well as an early enrollee. So um, I think that that third option, um, although there's not going to be many uh, opportunities for snaps to the third running back. Uh, is up for grabs in fall camp between those uh, last three. But really, all five of them are just incredible running backs and uh, have enormous potential. The the Texas running back room is in great hands moving forward, even after this season once Bijan and Roshan leave. Yeah, 100%. And I think that will be the strength of this team. As good as their receiving core is that we're about to get into and you know, possibly even either having Quinn Ewers or Hudson Carr, I think for Texas Longhorn fans, it is the run game that is going to be their strength on the offensive end. And I'm just excited to see Bijan Robinson run the football. I mean, every single time he touches the ball, he can make something happen with mm-hmm. his feet. And, you know, even if the play gets kind of just bogged down, it collapses a little bit, he can still merge out of there and make something happen for Texas. So running back wise, Mike, they're going to be fine yeah, and they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, I mean, we don't have to discuss running backs too much because they're all set there. Let's go to wide receivers, which they are also loaded on the wide receiver. end. Uh, they got three guys that are definitely going to start and they're all really talented wide receivers in worthy Whittington and Isaiah Nair, just great receivers. Nair transfer for from Wyoming. I'm from San Diego, everyone, just so you guys know. So I'm a big San Diego State fan as well. So I know Isaiah Nair. He has hurt us plenty in the past. Don't worry. We still beat them. But he is a very good player. And Texas is going to be in very good shape with him coming to the Longhorns on the 40 acres. And then, Mike, kind of talk me through these three guys. But who's going to be that fourth option at wide receiver for Texas? 
Yeah, well, I'll start with the top three. I mean, you know what you got in Xavier Worthy. I think he's one of the best wide receivers, not only in the Big 12, but in the country. Um, so I think he's going to have uh, an, an enormous year uh, so long as he stays healthy. And then you got a reliable guy in Jordan Whittington, who is every bit as good as Xavier Worthy is when he's healthy. But uh, the only issue that Whittington has had in his uh, uh, career at Texas has been staying healthy. He hasn't had a single season at Texas where he's been fully healthy. He's played just about half a season all the three years that he's been here. Um, so hopefully uh, he can have a, a statement year and what is probably going to be his last uh, year at Texas um, so long as he stays healthy. And if he does, I think he's going to have an incredible year and be able to go on to the NFL. And then Isaiah Nayor, I mean, Texas hit a home run when they landed him out of the transfer portal. I think he's the second most important uh, transfer that Texas got uh, outside of Quinn. Uh, he, he was in a uh, – he was in a run first offense at Wyoming and was still able to put enormous numbers. Um, every time he caught the ball, there was a chance he was going to run him in for a touchdown. He's just a, a huge play threat. And uh, Texas fans got a taste of that um, when Quinn threw him that 80 yard bomb in the spring game, which I know excited everyone. So you, you know what you're going to get out of those three, those three, so long as they all stay healthy, are all going to put up just incredible numbers this year. And uh, Sark's going to have a lot of fun just moving all the, all three of them around throughout his offense. And then, yeah, so what I'm looking for most in camps, because we know who the, the starting three are going to be, is who that fourth guy is. Because Sark does like to have just a fourth option who can rotate in with the, the starting three often. He likes to allocate the majority of the snaps in his offense to really four guys and not just three. Because uh, we saw that at Alabama, he – he really likes to have four elite guys that he can rely on at any point in the game and not just three. So um, I'm looking at who's going to be that fourth guy. Uh, I think it's going to end up being a Jai Hall, the, the, out, the highly talented Alabama transfer. He was one of the top receivers in the nation uh, in the 2021 class. And uh, he had an up and down true freshman year at Alabama. Um, he, uh, he, got everyone's attention in his uh, Alabama spring game as an early enrollee there, um, but then wasn't really able to find the field um, this past season, really up until the uh, national championship game once uh, he was thrusted into starting, once uh, Jameson Williams went down and he uh, flashed again um, in, in the Natty game as well. Um, but he had some issues at Bama, obviously, uh, he was suspended, suspended by Nick Saban at the end of the season. And um, and the hope is, I think, for Texas fans is that um, he's back with the coaching staff that recruited him out of high school. Um, Sark and uh, Jeff Banks were uh, two of his top recruiters, and I know he has developed a, a very close relationship with both those coaches um, and just really the, the rest of the staff, too. You can include Kyle Flood in that as well. Um, um, before uh, before that coaching staff left for Texas. Um, so he, 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 um, I think it's going to be a good marriage. Um, ever since he got on campus, we've heard nothing but great things about Ajay. Uh, he's gone to work, and um, there's really been no sign that those issues that he had at Alabama have carried over. Um, so I, I, th I think it's going to work well. I think he just needed a, I think he just needed a change of a scenery. And um, he got that. And I think being back with the staff that recruited him and he, that recruited that he was recruited to play in um, 
he was recruited playing Sark's offense more specifically. I think I think it's going to help him a lot. And uh, so I'll be looking for that in fall camp, uh, how much he's utilized as that uh, fourth option. And if everything is well and good there, I think he could be in for a huge year. Um, he might He's probably not going to get as many yards as those top three guys, but uh, his development is super important because um, this time next year, we could be talking about him as one of the starting three on this team. Yeah, and – the nice luxury that coach Sark has is he, if a Jai Hall becomes this good wide receiver is you have four elite options. I can use that E word elite because the first three guys are for sure going to be there. And then if Hall can, you know, you talk about the change of scenery coming back to the people that recruited him out of high school. It's so important. I think he's back on track doing the right thing. He's all, his mind is perfectly set in the right direction on this Texas Longhorn staff. I think he's going to fit in really well with the Longhorns, and I think he will be that fourth option. But, Mike, you talked about earlier the Whittington aspect of him, Jordan Whittington staying healthy. Yeah. I have a, a couple options that you know could present themselves if he gets hurt, which is always a possibility with how much he struggled with the injury bug over his career, is the Iowa State transfer into Tariq Milton and then the true freshman and Brennan Thompson. Kind of talk me through what you got, what you see through these two guys, and are they good enough? I mean, obviously they're not Jordan Winnington, but are they good enough to replace him if need be and still have a very good high powering offense on the wide receiver aspect of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the development and the involvement of these two uh, slot receivers behind Whittington is, is critical because um, we know about Whittington's injury history. Um, if you had to bet your money on it, no one wants to predict injuries, mm-hmm. um, but there, there's probably a more than likely chance that he goes down at some point this season. Hopefully it's, not for a long time as it has been, but you know, you got, you got to prepare for those things. And Sark and his staff have absolutely prepared for that in this off season, uh, getting a guy like Tariq Millen from Iowa state who has had a ton of experience. Um, he's a grad transfer. Um, he's, he put up big numbers at Iowa state. Uh, he's not a super, super elite talented guy like, uh, like Whittington may be, but he's experienced. Uh, he had good production at Iowa state and he plays the same position. Yeah, if, if Whittington's healthy, he might not see the field that much. He, he probably will. I mean, you know, you're not going to transfer somewhere if you don't think you're going to see the field. But um, he he will be probably that guy that, if Whittington does go down, could just be the next man up and be ready to go and uh, be serviceable enough for the offense to just continue to go. Because um, one of the things that made the offense, and Sark has talked about this, one of the things that made the probably the biggest reason why the offense collapsed in the back half of the last season um, was not only because of uh, Casey Thompson's thumb injury, but uh, the injury to Jordan Winnington. He said that had more than that had more of an effect on the offense collapsing than anything else. And so he by uh, he he wants to just ensure that that won't happen again. He just doesn't want to make the offense collapse like it did last year uh, when Winnington went down. So. It's a Tariq Mills uh, insurance pickup, and I think uh, I think it's going to pay off big for this uh, for this season. And you got a guy like Brennan Thompson, who um, he's a true freshman. He is more than likely the future of the slot position uh, once Whittington uh, moves on to the NFL or or any or uh, whatever after uh, he leaves Texas. Um, and Brennan Thompson, he's a super talented guy. I mean, um, he was the 
the highlight of the Texas wide receiver class, uh, uh, the 2022 class. And um, he's probably the fastest guy on the team already. And uh, we've heard nothing but great things since he stepped on campus. Um, he's probably the um, just kind of the, the alpha in the in this class, if if um, if you could say um, he's he's just gone to work and and he's just he's ready to compete. He, he probably feels like he can win the, the slot job over Whittington if uh, if he had it his way. But um, he, he's he's going to play a lot. Um, uh, him him and Tariq Miller are both going to play. And uh, if Whittington goes down, they're probably going to both play even more. Um, but I'm excited about Brennan Thompson a lot. I think he's he's the perfect receiver for Sark. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have uh, the luxury of being thrusted into a starting role like Worthy was last year. Um, Brennan Thompson probably is that good. He probably could start uh, if he wanted to. But um, he's, he's got some guys in front of him, so he'll have, he'll have to work through that. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. I mean, if yeah. he's not starting, that's yeah. a good sign for Texas Longhorn fans. They mm-hmm. are – we're going to kind of shift here uh, into tight ends in a second, but the first three positions that we laid out for you guys, I mean, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, those are going to be the three main position strengths on the Texas Longhorns on the offensive side of the ball, and that will be, I think, the strength of their team. We talked about more of the running game will be probably their – primary strength honestly but they're still going to be very good with the quarterback position and the wide receiver position so now let's get into kind of the a little bit of the unknown positions in the tight ends and then we'll end it with the offensive line of scrimmage the tight ends very interesting situation you have an Alabama transfer in Jahil Jaleel Billingsley and he's kind of he's back with Sark's offense he's more of that kind of like big matchup problem guy you can put out why you can put a tight end and then you have Jatavion Sanders who's more of that traditional uh tight end that you can he's more of a blocker and you know he has that frame to fit the, the position well and the nice thing with Sark is he likes as you talked about off air Mike he likes that you know 12 personnel one running back two two tight ends kind of like the Iowa offense to a degree but a lot more flashier I would say than the Iowa offense but two tight ends he's going to use it in different aspects of the game it's going to be kind of just in and out kind of things to get the defense off their heels a little bit so Mike talk me through how he can implement both guys into the offense and what do they bring uh, against opposing defenses yeah, well, I think this is going to be a, a big year for the, the Texas tight ends. I think it's the, the the strongest and deepest room that Texas has had in a really, really long time, um, mostly talking about these these front two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll start with uh, Jaleel. I mean, um, it was a big point of emphasis uh, in the offseason for the Longhorns to find a, a transfer tight end, and I think they got the, the best one that hit the portal. Um, Jaleel, you know, he, um, he wasn't very happy at Alabama this past year. Not that he, not that there was like issues or anything, but he just wasn't happy in the offense that he was in or Bill O'Brien. Um, O'Brien, for whatever reason, wanted to turn Jaleel Billingsley into more of a blocking tight end. And that's just not who he is. Uh, he, he's maximized his skill set when he's flexed out wide, able to create matchup nightmares, as you said, with, with defensive backs and really kind of just be that big body tight end almost just like a wide receiver. Um, and that's what, that's what he did with Sark. 
uh, back in 2021, and he thrived in that role um, in that in that na- national championship run uh, with Mac Jones, and he was he was put on the map after that year. I mean, NFL scouts were raving about him. I mean, he's got enormous potential. If he has a a year like uh, he did in the back half of that 2021 season, he's he's going to be a pretty high draft pick after this year. Um, if if he, if he goes to the NFL, he he could return. We'll see. Um, and then, uh, so that th- that's huge. That's huge. That's huge for Sark and, and this offense. Just another elite addition to this uh, this receiving core that just is going to just create nightmares for opposing defenses. And then Jatavian Sanders, you know, he he's one of the most talented. He's one of the most uh, gifted bodies on this entire roster. He was a five-star tight end coming out of high school. We didn't really play this last year. He was a summer enrollee as a true freshman, so he didn't get a lot of time. And kind of the reason that he didn't play this past fall was because he didn't learn how to block in high school. He was just just a, a guy who was just bulldozing and just jumping and catching over like five foot ten guys in high school just as a monster. And uh, he was catching everything, but that's all he kind of knew in high school. He, he just knew how to just use his athletic ability to go up and catch footballs. So he was never really uh, used as a blocking tight end. But uh, last summer and this past uh, season and this past spring, uh, tight ends coach Jeff Banks has made it his his personal goal to teach Jatavian how to block because he know how just how high of a ceiling this kid has and how special he can be just given his his physical skill set. And um, he had just Tavian had the spring this past, uh, this, this off season that Texas fans were hoping for. We um, read every day about the development of Jatavian Sanders and how much he's progressed as a blocker and just his, him using all of his physical abilities to, to, to really just, just thrive. And I think this is finally going to be his breakout year. I mean, this is his, his sophomore, his, his uh, sophomore year. And I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a monster year. And um, if if he is everything that um, we thought he could be coming out of high school, uh, this this tight end position is gonna be gonna be huge. I I certainly believe the 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 development of Jatavian Sanders as as talented as Julio Billingsley is. The development of Jatavian Sanders is the the biggest um, storyline of this tight ends room and one of the biggest uh, storyline of this entire Texas roster. Yeah, for sure. And I think Sanders is probably one of the most anticipated players to watch as a Texas Longhorn fan in fall camp as we get closer and closer to that about five days away on August 3rd. Let's quickly transition into offensive line here, Mike. This is probably the biggest weakness on the team. You know, we've been pretty positive with this Texas offense so far here in the show, as we should be. But this offensive line, Mike, it is very, very suspect. And it is not a good sign that it's the weakest part of the team, as we've talked about with Texas's recruiting class coming in the future of 2023. A lot to look forward to on the offense line, but not so fast this year in 2022. A lot of guys can't could lose their starting roles this year. There's a lot of unknowns. The biggest battle that I'm looking at is the left tackle position between Kel- Kelvin Banks and true fre- freshman Andre Carrick who is going to get that role and might kind of just walk me through who's going to be that guy on the offensive line that Texas Longhorns can rely on and trust in the future. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, this offensive line is is one that one to watch in fall camp. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a, a major hole at least in the beginning of this season with with the guys returning. There's not really any proven commodities at um, any of the five spots outside of Hayden Connor. I'd say the junior angle is kind of the the veteran of the group, but uh, he he hasn't been fantastic in his long career at Texas. So there, there's just not much excitement with these with these returning five guys outside of, I'd say, Hayden Connor, who 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 shoot, who shown flashes in his true freshman season last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're bringing in a recruiting class that is the best offensive line class in the country, and they're going to be just hungry for for snaps this fall. And there's going to be some guys in fall camp that are they're going to think that they can win some jobs week one over these returning guys. And you mentioned a guy like Kelvin Banks, who is probably the most college ready um, athlete of this offensive line group, who the staff has just kind of gifted a battle between him and Andre Carrick, you know, at the start of spring, um, Christian Jones was playing left tackle, but the staff moved Christian Jones to right tackle because uh, they, they want Kelvin Banks to come in and compete with Carrick and uh, so that Jones can still have a spot on this line, even though he might not be the, the, the um, future option at right tackle. So that, that's one to watch. I mean, um, Kelvin Banks, you know, he's a, he's a summer enrollee, so he's only going to have a month to, to win this job, but I, th- I think he can do it. He's 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 probably ready to start right now. It's just a question of um, if it's if the college game is too much for him, especially going up uh, against Alabama in week two. Um, not that he's going to be any uh, more ready than Carrick is. I mean, Carrick's a veteran, but he's 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 nothing compared to Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, who are probably the two best edge rushers in the country on Alabama's defensive line. So who, whoever wins the left tackle position. Um, is, is I think going to struggle, but if it is Kelvin Banks, I think, um, I think he's going to progress pretty quickly uh, once we get past that Alabama game and uh, solidify him himself as as um, a, a really strong left tackle for for Texas. So there's excitement there, um, but with the rest of the guys, I mean. Jake Majors is a guy that I think probably will stick with his job throughout the entire season. Um, They've talked about uh, Cole Hudson, the the true freshman, possibly being the future at center, but he's probably not ready yet. He had a fantastic spring. He was the only spring enrollee of this freshman class, but he's just, he's probably not college ready yet. Uh, He he could start at center in 2023 and that'd be fantastic if he does, but he's probably not ready to start week one. um, At least we think. And then other guys like, like Devon Campbell, the other super talented freshman, um, he's probably not going to overtake a guy like Junior Angelo or Hayden Connor. Um, he might at the end of the season, but I just I don't think it will happen in fall camp. Um, but once once he does, I think one of those guard positions is going to be a lot stronger than it currently is. And I'll just quickly run through some other guys that I think could. Um, potentially take over some of these returning jobs. I think Cam Williams is the future at right tackle. Um, I think he'll eventually take over the job from Christian Jones, whether that be at some point this season or uh, in next offseason. He, he could he could start at right tackle at the end of the season. We don't, just don't know. 
And then uh, Neto Umezul, I think, is the other future at one of the guard positions, uh, potentially either taking over at uh, taking over Junior Angle's jobs or Hayden Connor's job. So there's there's a lot of excitement with this freshman class. But um, to make a long story short, I think uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a rough start and I think, uh, but I think the, it's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. From what you just uh, went on about, about the offensive line and de- very detailed uh, description of all the positions that could be overtaken in the future for Texas, there is a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of positives about the future of the offensive line. And there could be a lot of turnover as the year progresses, they don't have a lot of time. I mean, they're facing an elite defensive line of scrimmage and a ton of freak athletes on the Alabama Crimson Tide side when they come to Austin in week two. But this is definitely the weak spot of the Texas Longhorns. And, you know, if they're going to struggle like they have in years past, it's probably going to be this offensive line that lets them down. We will see a lot to unpack and a lot to go through as fall camp is set to begin again on August 3rd. And one, another reminder just for anyone that is listening to this Longhorn podcast for the first time, go check out our other podcasts. We've done big 12 media day. We've done the Malik, uh, the commitment uh, for Texas football. We also talked about Texas basketball, non-conference schedule. So go back and listen to us. It's always a fun time, but when Mike and I get the chance to talk to y'all, but this Texas football team, a lot to look forward to. We're just starting. We're getting excited for this fall. So the season is coming four weeks, four or five weeks away. Cannot wait for it. Next week, we're going to be previewing the defensive side of the ball for the Texas Longhorns. So make sure not to miss that. Mike, any final thoughts you have for me? Are you excited as I am for college football? Yeah, I'm super excited, Adam. I mean, I, I get excited just for, for, for fall camp every year because I can't wait to to read about the development of all these guys that I, that we just talked about. Um, so I, I know it's right around the corner. I mean, it's it, it really does feel like football season once uh, media days ends and fall camp rolls around across the nation. So, I mean, I'm just eating it up every day. Yeah, and we will eat it up with you, Mike. <laughs> Make sure that you check out all our podcasts and go read longhorncountry.com for all the latest articles on Texas sports and everything else going on in the sports world. For Adam Glick, myself, and for Michael Gresser, thank you so much for joining us here on the Longhorn Country Podcast. We will be back next week talking about the Texas defensive side of the ball, Texas Longhorn football. Make sure to listen to that next week. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will see you next time.